0: What's good? What's good, party people? Welcome to Candid Conversations. I am Candia Johnson, a woman on a mission to help you show up and speak up anyway, despite dealing with fear, uncertainty, or self-doubt. Speaking of speaking up, (laughs) today's topic is about speaking confidently. What does it take to speak confidently about who you are, what you stand for, and what you need? Because here's the thing, You might have a degree or two under your belt. You might have five to 10 to 20 years of experience in your field. You may even be the go-to expert in your industry or in your workplace. But if you cannot or if you fail to convey your ideas or your tips and advice in a clear, concise, confident, and impactful way, nobody will hear them and your ideas won't get too far. On top of everything else, if you use certain words and phrases that scream that you have a lack of confidence, if you s- use certain words and phrases that signify you're still an amateur, people won't invest in you because they won't trust you enough to get the job done. And ultimately, you'll struggle to get to that next level of success, whatever that looks like for you. Even as moms, dads, aunties, uncles, leaders in business, or even in the workplace, your word is the most powerful tool you have. Even the words you speak to yourself. When you are speaking to yourself, I always say this, your mind, the words that you use, Your mind has an ability to dream. Your mind also has the ability to destroy your dreams based on the words, based on the conversation you have with yourself. Even as parents or caretakers, the power of our words can destroy someone's dreams or the plans or the potential that they have in themselves, within themselves. So for each and every one of us, at a certain point in your life, you have to ask yourself, is my communication style hurting my success? Success in my career, success in my relationships. And I always say this, oftentimes, how you see yourself is different than how you are perceived. It's hard for you to see your blind spots. A coach, mentor, or even a tool or an assessment can help you understand how your words or your presence might be perceived. It can help you understand why you're not getting the promotion or why you're struggling to strengthen your relationships at work or even in your life. And ultimately, the results of those assessments from a coach, mentor, assessment, can help you make the adjustments as needed. Self-improvement starts with self-awareness. And so one of my favorite tools is the DISC communication style assessment. So DISC, the DISC model stands for Dominance, Influence, Steadiness, and Conscientiousness. Okay. Now there are many models <laughs> for communication styles, but the premise behind it is that each and every one of us typically has a preferred style of communication. And so the DISC personal assessment is used to improve your communication, teamwork, productivity, leadership. So I use it a lot and refer to it a lot in my trainings as well, especially with my corporate folks and even in my group programming. But once you become more aware of the four communication styles and how others may perceive you, it can help you identify even more effective ways to meet people where they are or to just break down any sort of conflict or tension or, you know, a barrier that you may be faced with, again, in your personal or professional life. And so years ago, when I took the discommunication style assessment, I am mostly a dominant style communicator. Are you surprised by that? (laughs) But after seeing the results, I found That, listen, it was true T The categories, the classifications were spot on. I am typically direct. I am results oriented. I love action. I'm focused mainly on the results. Come to me with solutions, not problems. However, I also understand that for people who rate high in the other communication styles, my behavior, my reactions, my responses can be perceived as blunt, demanding, rude, lacking empathy. It could be perceived as Candia feels like she doesn't need other people. So with this understanding of my preferred communication style, I know that at times it can work against me. in working with other people or building deeper relationships, sometimes people could perceive it as I am not approachable or relatable and many of you know when even when we think to our work experiences or some of the conflicts and things that we've had in our relationships right the majority of that hurt and pain comes down to the war of the communication styles <laughs> being able to deal with different communication styles everyone communicates differently and most of us fall into one or uh, or you know one of four of those different communication styles. And get this, no one communication style is better than the other. We have to be aware that we each have strengths and areas of growth. And I know people say strengths and weaknesses. I don't use the word, I try not to use the word weakness. I say areas of growth. And once you are aware, you can improve and and adapt as needed. It's one of the, the, the things that I've learned from working in consulting and having so many different clients at once is realizing that, you know, at one time I had four different CEOs that I was reporting to. And so how I delivered that content, how I delivered uh, the status update in a meeting was vastly different because of their preferred communication styles. So recognize this, your words, your communication style can help you. It can also hurt you. And I know when we think of the word hurt, we may think of someone who is abrasive, rude, passive-aggressive. But even if you use vague words and phrases to deliver your message or even describe the value you bring to the table, it can also hurt your success. Vague words that fail to paint a picture or it lacks specificity or a solid definition could block your success as well. A lack of clarity and specificity scares the opportunity as well as the money away. So if you don't know how to communicate your value that you bring to the table as it relates to a specific group of people, you'll fail to attract the right people and land the opportunity of your dreams. Many people, when it comes to talking about their value and selling themselves, value is subjective based on the person you're speaking to. So you have to learn how to switch it up adapt your story, adapt your value proposition to meet the needs of that specific person you are speaking to. So being clear and specific about that is key. So I'm going to direct you all to the um, episode, the MVP formula for introducing yourself. I'll include that link in the show notes, okay? So you can get your life all the way together. But ultimately, I want you to understand that an inability to communicate clearly, concisely, persuasively, and assertively limit your growth as well as your earning power. It is precisely the reason why I started my career confidence and visibility program because I realized too many people, particularly women, were leaving money and opportunities on the table because they failed to express their goals or their values in a clear and understandable way. Too many women have a seat at the table, but they fail to speak up or advocate for themselves, And they can, so that they can land a career or an opportunity or just let people know where they stand. Sometimes, as well, your energy screams you're not ready. Sometimes your words and your energy can scream you are unsure or uncertain of yourself or your abilities. But guess what? This is why your girl is here. Okay? So let's get into it. So, I wanna talk about some of the, the simple but profound words and phrases that you use to diminish your your message as well as your presence. And we're also going to talk about being assertive. Because being assertive also plays a huge part in advancing your career. Don't get it twisted. When you are assertive, it also helps you reduce the stress or anxiety you have in your life at the moment. Because you have to be able to communicate boundaries with people. And that all relates to your ability to be assertive and stand up for yourself. It's about advocating for yourself, and that directly relates to being assertive. Success in life isn't about balance, party people. It's about boundaries. (laughs) Being assertive and being able to communicate what you can and cannot do, what you stand for and what you don't stand for, is key to your success, whatever that looks like for you. So communication is the power skill that you need the most at all levels, at any level in your life. People often say communication is a soft skill. I'm like, nah, communication is a power skill <laughs> because the reality is. Regardless of your life or career goals, communication is the foundation for creating, building, and nurturing everything in your life. From healthy relationships with your children, or your nieces and nephews, or your parents, to building a successful business or brand. But Take note, words are a small part of the process. It's also about your tone, your energy, and your style again. One of the principles that I live by is people buy into the energy of your presence before they buy into the power of your words, so even when I am conducting a training on Zoom, right, video conferencing software, I set the energy with music before I even deliver the content. When people see me on screen, when they enter my Zoom room, and I have I've had to change things up. It's particularly this year, especially when we uh, went into quarantine and I was doing a lot of virtual. Uh, masterclasses and workshops and things of that sort, people had to enter my room and I'm bopping my head, moving my shoulders before the class even gets started to set the tone. So people say, wait a minute. Okay. This girl seems pretty cool. You have to learn how to also work the virtual room before the, the class even gets started. When people enter my virtual room, as soon as they pop their head into zoom and I see them on screen, I'm calling them out by their first name. Hey, Sarah, I see you sipping on something. What are you sipping on? Coffee, tea, smoothie? What's giving you energy today? So recognize this. Your energy is key. From the way you walk into a room, even the virtual room, to how you introduce yourself or greet others, your energy says a lot about your level of confidence. Another key to being a confident communicator is being absolutely clear when we communicate. Typically, when we communicate, whether we are writing an email or speaking up in a meeting, or even when we are talking to our kids or significant other, when we communicate, our goal is to ultimately change behavior, get action, or get or give information. And so when you communicate, there should be no room for misinterpretation. There should be no room for people to assume and as long as you are being, as long as you are communicating clearly and being respectful, courteous, as long as you are communicating with tact, and you're also looking at the timeliness of your message or the timeliness of what whatever you're about to say, you'll set yourself up for success. Clarity is about telling people exactly what you want and what you stand for. What's important at the moment and what's important for them at the moment? That's clarity. So here's the thing. When it comes to communicating effectively, self-improvement, again, starts with self-awareness. Oftentimes, the way in which we communicate is based on the way we feel or what we believe about ourselves. It's based on an assumption right, or a set of assumptions. And while we are often focused on how to communicate more clearly with other people, the reality is the best conversation you'll ever have is a conversation you have with yourself. So you first things first, you have to learn how to have better conversations with and about your, about yourself. So you have to understand how to have better conversations with and about yourself. You have to understand how the words you use, even in discussions with yourself, go against you. Self-rejection is the biggest form of self-sabotage. And every day you use words such as woulda, coulda, shoulda. It's a form of self-sabotage. I would have done this. I should have done this. I could have done this. When you say... You could have done this or you should have done this. You have to understand that these words are rooted in shame and blame, even when you use them with yourself. And it blocks your not only your ability to communicate, but just the clarity that you need to move forward because you're so stuck in shame and blame. Woulda, coulda, shoulda street keeps you broke and stuck. Nothing grows on woulda, coulda, shoulda street. So I need y'all to move from woulda, coulda, shoulda street and step on next time I will Boulevard. You can take responsibility without judging or blaming. So watch those words, woulda, coulda, shoulda street. Okay. Just like earlier, I said, I don't use the word weakness. I say areas of growth because for me, weakness is just an area of growth or an area of delegation. And typically when someone says, what are your weaknesses, it makes you feel bad that you have them. Hell, you can't be good at everything. You don't have to master everything. Those who try to master everything are masters at nothing. So I always encourage my clients, instead of saying, how can I get this done? At a certain point, you got to say, who can I get to do this? Stay on your mission. Stay in your area of genius. Everything else you just may need to delegate. Even when it comes to your household, you don't have to take on everything. I was talking to my cousin the other day, and she was saying she wants to cook and she wants to prepare, you know healthier meals because she wants to lose some weight and stuff like that. And so, I said, "Well, why don't you just hire someone? You work two jobs, you don't have no kids. Just hire someone, and you don't have to be a good cook. <laughs> you don't you ain't got you ain't got to take that on if you don't want to. Listen, everything don't have to be that hard, <laughs> right? It's not a weakness. It's not something you should be ashamed of. Sometimes it's an area of growth or an area of delegation, pick one. Okay. When you say another thing, I've heard people say to themselves, I must be stupid, right? I must be incompetent if I can't get this done by now. I don't know. That phrase, I must be stupid, has no place in your energy, in your zone, in your mind. If I get to the point where I feel like Something is taking longer than it should. And look, see, there's that word should. That comes with blame. I pause for a second and say, okay, Candia, listen, you're just growing through some things right now. Notice I didn't say going through some things. I say growing through some things. Even when we are talking about our achievements and things we should ordinarily be proud of every single day. In conversation, we reject ourselves by using words that keep us in shame and blame. I see it all the time, especially from my ladies. Women, I have to call you out. Now, men, sometimes I see it from you too. But for instance, I've heard people announce their achievements or something that, you know, a goal that they recently achieved. And they'll say, it only took me 20 years to get my degree. So what? What are you making that mean? Success can happen at any age. So are you saying because it took you 20 years to get that degree, or does that mean you're not worthy of acknowledgement or of, of a celebration? I've heard people say, I was only able to lose two pound, 10 pounds. I only lost 10 pounds. So what? What are you making that mean? So I want y'all to watch that word only. I'm 40 years old. I'm still single and childless. So what? What are you making that mean? So are you saying you're not worthy of love or companionship or success because it didn't happen and you're 40 years old? Does it mean it's too late? And how are you allowing that to show up, that thought to show up in your life? How are you allowing that thought to stop you from trying something new? Watch that word. Beware of that word still. That's another word that keeps us stuck in shame and blame. When you say, I launched my first event, or or, or better yet, I, I have a little business. I, I, start, I started this little business. Little? <laughs> I want y'all to really be mindful of words such as finally, only, little, and still, because they can be a form of self-rejection. They can be a form of self-sabotage. When I say mindful, being mindful simply means particularly mindful communication mindful communication being mindful means writing speaking and listening from a place of awareness empathy kindness and compassion toward yourself and you can start being mindful by simply embracing your power of pause From your tone to the timing of your message, mindful communication is about being aware of what you say and how you say it, even when you're speaking to yourself. It's about paying attention to the present moment, considering your own feelings as well as another person's feelings or perspectives. Choose your words wisely, people. Choose your words wisely, people, even when you are choosing words in conversation with yourself i found when people use these words still and finally and only, they are putting a time constraint or you're judging or you're limiting your success or your results as if you don't deserve a celebration or acknowledgement. And that's why I'm such a fan of doing a weekly brain dump, writing every single thought down on paper, even the craziest things that you may say to yourself. Because again, the first step to self-improvement is self-awareness. And if you want to become a confident communicator, the process starts with being aware of some of the ways that you are blocking your own success. You have to become aware of your inner mean girl or inner mean man. My therapist once told me, Candia, I need you to be aware of your inner mean girl. And I I never forget about that because I know too many people, including myself, who have been stuck in blaming themselves for way too long and it keeps them from speaking up. It keeps them from being a confident communicator. Chances are it's not tools, techniques, or even an advanced degree that you need. It's the words that are holding you back from success. So I want you to get in the habit of asking yourself, so what? What am I making this mean? When you start using words like woulda, coulda, shoulda, street, (laughs) when you start using words like shoulda, coulda, woulda, only little in those conversations with yourself before they, you even bring them out into the world. I want you to ask yourself, so what, what am I making this mean? And even if, you know, you slip up and you, you get, you, you let the water have could have should a street pop into a conversation with a friend. I want you to just pause and say, wait, let me rephrase that next time. I will. Instead of saying, I should have done this, say, next time I will. I don't even beat myself up and say, I will never do X, Y, Z again. Because never is too much pressure, okay? Life happens, and guess what? You may go back and make a mistake one more time. You're going to forgive yourself and move on. So I just say, next time I will. Stick to speaking about what you want to happen versus what you don't want to happen, okay? Get in the habit of asking yourself, is this thought? serving me or hurting me? Are these words serving me or hurting me? If it's not helping you, you have to reframe it and get in the habit of challenging those thoughts. How do I know? If you're assuming, how do I know this is true? That I could have done this. How do I know that that is true? Sometimes I have to say to myself, Candia, come on girl, we ain't got time for this. Who told you this? Especially when I'm making an assumption about what could have happened. Who told you this, Candia? Where's the proof, the receipts, that this thing is true or that this is going to happen? So ultimately, you deserve more, people, than the limiting thoughts stopping you from showing up and speaking up in your life. You deserve more than the words that limit you from showing up and speaking up in your life. But you have to be aware of them first. Another reason why I like writing those crazy, my craziest thoughts down on paper is because you can literally look at those thoughts and imagine you were talking to a friend. What advice would you give that friend who was using the same sentences and words that you're using against yourself? Because, see, here's the thing that I know for sure, okay? If your friend called you and was speaking some of the things that you say to yourself, you wouldn't allow it. I know that. You wouldn't allow it. Some of the crazy things you say to yourself, you wouldn't allow your child, your friend, your nieces, your nephews, or even a stranger on, an innet- on the internet say to themselves. I see some of y'all on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter cheering other people on. You're so busy cheering other people on, but you won't go that hard for yourself. I used to be one of those go go hard for other people, but myself people. Okay. I'm delivered now. <laughs> And here's another thing. While many people think, you know, reframing, because I do believe in that, I believe that you have to reframe your thoughts, shift perspective, right? Look at them in another way. While many people think reframing your thoughts means turning a negative thought into a positive thought, sometimes reframing simply means allowing yourself an opportunity to just identify the realities of the situation or the circumstances, what's true right now. What's within my power, what's out of my power? What do I have access to, what I don't have access to? And that's why I included reframe. So my show up anyway framework that I use in my coaching program and during some of my courses, the show up anyway framework is pause, breathe, question, reframe, and then decide. It's a powerful way to step into your power of now, So we have to develop a practice, a routine around getting your mind right, getting your words right, so you can speak confidently. This may be a daily practice. It could be a weekly practice. Take what you need. (laughs) Sometimes I do a brain dump once. Sometimes I have to do it every day. Okay? So let's switch gears a bit because we know for sure that we often shrink ourselves, right? Right now we know. We often shrink ourselves just by the way we think and the words and the conversations that we have with ourselves, okay? But now what I want you to understand is the ways that we shrink ourselves and how we communicate with other people in business or in the workplace or even our relationships because again, just being able, just not being able to say what you need to say clearly and concisely can scare an opportunity away. You want to secure the mat, the, if you want a secure the bag moment <laughs> where you sign the contract and get the check to get started on working with a new client, then you need to be clear, concise, persuasive, and assertive when you need to. Using certain words and phrases and conversations with others, I notice that people reduce their role or their accomplishments when they're talking with other people. For instance, I hear people, or or when I see people uh, in an email say, sorry to bother you, or I know you're busy, or at your earliest convenience, can you get this information over to me? That's reducing the need or the importance of your message. It screams at times lack of confidence. Another thing that I often hear people say, they give this disclaimer around their ideas, right? So they may say, for instance, this may sound like a crazy idea, or this may be a dumb idea, or maybe I'm way off. It downplays those phrases, downplays the importance of your message. It reads, or people can perceive it, As if you are unsure of your ability to get the job done, or you're unsure of the advice you're about to give. And it makes you sound less confident in your position or your stance. Remember, words have energy and power. When you use certain words and phrases that delay getting to the point because you're afraid of to say, you know, you're afraid, you're too afraid to say what you're going to say. When you use words and phrases that are vague or unclear, it weakens your position or your argument. So, instead of saying, uh, I think, I often encourage people to say, I believe, or in my experience, i found. It's a much stronger position. Another example, when you disagree with someone, Right? Maybe you have another idea you'd like to introduce. Instead of saying, I may be way off, or I could be wrong, or this may sound like a dumb idea or something like that, say, let's look at things from another perspective. Or you could say, what if we looked at it this way? Or imagine if it happened this way. And then go into your list of suggestions or recommendations or instructions. Another example, let's say you're writing an email or you're speaking to someone, and after you've given them one to two to three to four options or steps that they need to take, instead of saying, am I making sense? Because when you say, am I making sense? Again, it reads that you're unsure or uncertain. So you can simply say, I look forward to hearing your feedback or questions, or who has feedback or questions? I'd love to hear them. Love to know. I'd love, to, I'd, I'd love to hear your feedback. And please, by all means, eliminate you know what I'm saying from your conversation. So if you're providing a list of steps or ideas or suggestions, if you l- rely on the phrase, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, I need you to practice it, to own it. And get rid of that statement from your conversation. One of the ways to practice it, to own it, I always encourage people to use the audio to text feature on their phone to practice their delivery. And then send the text content to yourself and practice it over and over and over again. So when speaking, let's also eliminate responses such as, maybe I'm crazy, but I don't understand, or I just don't get it. You could say, I want to understand what we're trying to accomplish here, or I want to understand what we're trying to accomplish with this project. Can you explain your process? Can you help me understand the reason behind that, behind number one or two? Ultimately, we have to stop with the words and phrases would soften the blow. Okay. And and I, I want you to also understand the problem with statements like I think, or this may be a dumb idea. Listen, if you don't believe in them, why should I? So these words and phrases can ultimately reduce the impact of your message or your call to action. Step into your power by being specific and clear. Instead of saying at your earliest convenience, Can you please sign and complete this form? Say, I need this form signed and returned to me no later than May 5th at 5 p.m. Because here's the thing. Convenience looks different for each and every one of us. What's convenient for me at the time may be inconvenient for you. So you have to be specific and clear about what you need. And I know that there are many people who struggle with, I don't want to sound too direct. You can be direct and kind at the same time. So if I make it known that I need a form signed and approved by a certain date, I may, I do end or summarize the email with, thank you so much, I appreciate you. Or sometimes depending on the person, I may say, you rock, John, thank you so much. Okay, again, a lack of clarity and specificity, a lack of clarity and specificity scares an opportunity away. Another thing that I want you to realize is confusion causes delay. So when you say at your earliest convenience, that again, that looks different for any one of us. And so that may cause some conflict down the line. So be specific in the time that you want people to respond to you or the steps that you want them to take. Because here's what I absolutely freaking know for sure right now. 99.9% of you listening to me right now are brilliant and fully capable of making your wildest dreams come true. But you have to be clear and specific in your needs. You have to choose words that serve you. You have to be clear and confident in your ask. You have to speak up and be assertive. Being assertive is important because you want people to take you seriously. And like I mentioned earlier, being assertive is key. Because being assertive can help you reduce the stress and anxiety in your life right now. Being able to ask for what you want or what you need, being able to disagree, or being able to say no without feeling guilty or without apologizing is being assertive. It's also about, it's also about disagreeing respectfully. That's also assertiveness. It's about speaking up for yourself or even someone else. So while I conduct, when I conduct my Communicate to Win series of workshops with my corporate folks, I always invite managers and leaders and executives to share their struggles and challenges. I invite them into like a hot seat style form of questioning and coaching. And my ladies, I got to pick on y'all. We always hesitate or we include the fluff and the disclaimers because we don't want to be perceived as too direct. And again, my response is always, you can be direct and kind at the same time. Stop apologizing. Of course, apologizing, saying sorry has its moment, it has its place. But I find women overly apologize even when they have a question about something that they don't understand. They say sorry for everything. I have to pick up my kids, Candy. I'm sorry. Do you regret the kids? What are you apologizing for? Well, some of y'all may regret the kids, but that's a podcast for another day. (laughs) So I want to offer you an option here. I came across this a few years ago. I believe it was on the the psychologytoday.com website. And it talked about instead of apologizing, say thank you. We know, of course, when we say thank you, it expresses gratitude and appreciation. And for me, saying thank you acknowledges the other person's contribution or just it acknowledges their ability to be flexible or adaptable. So instead of saying, sorry, I made a mistake or I should have known this because y'all know I hate that woulda, coulda, shoulda street. So instead of saying, sorry, I made a mistake, you can say thank you so much for that feedback. Instead of saying, sorry, I made a mistake, you can say, thank you so much for that feedback. Thank you for listening is better than, I know I'm rambling. Thank you for your time is better than, I know you're busy. Thank you for inviting me is better than, sorry, I can't come. Okay, wait. I kind of like, sorry, I can't come. (laughs) I know it's petty, y'all. Because listen, I'm an introvert, okay? So... (laughs) Getting me out sometimes is like an act of God (laughs) to get me out and about. But anywho, let's stay on point, okay? You can say, thank you for inviting me instead of, sorry, I can't come. You can be assertive without being aggressive. Sorry definitely has its moment. But ladies, we have to fall back from saying I'm sorry for every freaking thing. Assertiveness is also key when dealing with some sort of conflict, okay? So one of the things you want to avoid doing when, let's say, someone interrupts you during a meeting or you know, you felt like someone said something to you or about you and you felt some sort of way and you want to have some discussion, okay? One of the things that you want to avoid doing Is starting the conversation with aggressive language, such as you never or you always. Because listen, as soon as people hear you never or you start a conversation with you always do this or you always do that, they're ready for the battle. They feel like they're being attacked or blamed. And next thing you know, the conversation shuts down in about five to ten seconds. So you have to learn how to be assertive without being aggressive or coming across as maybe hostile. And one of the ways or one of the approaches that you can use is called the I-statement approach. So an example of an I-statement is, I feel frustrated when XYZ happens. Here's what I need. I feel overwhelmed when XYZ happens. Here's what I need. Or can you help me understand? So the word when is forcing you to pinpoint the specific situation or event that's causing you to feel a certain way. The here's what I need part of the sentence guide you into identifying the boundaries, next steps, or solutions for this conflict or situation that you're addressing at the moment. Sometimes, conversation, most times, conversation is needed, right? Back and forth, two-way conversation. Now, context is key. So when I say I feel frustrated when XYZ happens, can you help me understand? I'm using the phrase, can you help, or the question, can you help me understand, to open up a dialogue so that I can see things from their perspective, Ultimately, I want you to understand that when you're using this formula and you're starting with I, it's helping the person focus in on your experiences and your thoughts and your feelings from that moment. When you start with you, it's coming from a place of judgment, blame, shame. And typically, as human beings, we shut down. So the word when is needed because a lot of the times when we are addressing someone about an incident or an event that made us feel uncomfortable or angry or disappointed, we avoid addressing the specific incident or the specific behavior. So you want the person to understand clearly when this happened, how often it happened, and where you stand and why you're feeling a certain sort of way. Okay, so that is assertive a brief overview of what it means to be assertive. Okay? So listen, party people, you deserve more. Clear, concise, and specific communication is the bridge that can help you get more out of your life and your career, whatever that looks like for you. Being clear, concise, being clear and effective in your communication. It's also one of the best ways to reduce your stress, not only in the work that you do every day, but even in your personal life, a lot of us, we can't be or we can't reach our fullest potential because we fail to clearly communicate what we need. We fail to clearly communicate our boundaries. You fail to clearly communicate what we expect. And But you know what? No worries. Because your girl, that's me, is here to help you move past all of that. Okay, you deserve more, but you have to learn how to speak up and show up for yourself, despite fear, uncertainty, or self-doubt. Okay, if your goal this year is to level up, beat that habit of doubting yourself and second-guessing yourself, and you want to unlock your full potential in your life and career, my program, my Career Confidence and Visibility Program, is open. I will include, uh, it's open for enrollment. I will include the link in the show notes. If this episode touched your heart in any way, please share it with your people so they could share it with their people and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, y'all talk soon.